Um, we've been preaching on Matthew chapter 9, and the whole reason that I started studying Matthew 9 was because I was dying to preach Matthew 9, 37 and 38, um, which we'll get to in a minute. And I, I so thought this was the week. I was so excited. I'm like, yes, 35 through 38, boom, it's going to happen. And so I spent time with the Lord this week in preparation, and he's, you know, and, and I'm like, yes, this is awesome. This is great. And so today I sit out on my deck, and it's a gorgeous day, and I'm spending time with the Lord, and I just heard him say, man, you're going you're gonna to have a ball doing that next week. I'm like, no, no, Lord, this week. And so this week I'm preaching verses 35 and 36. Uh, and next week I'll preach 37 and 38. And I will have a ball uh, unless the Lord wants me to preach something else. And then I'll do whatever you want, Lord. Um, but uh, I'm excited to bring this word too. But 37 and 38 says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send workers into the harvest field. And, uh, and we have, we have been doing that. We have been praying that. And God is so faithful. But I'm, I'm excited to bring the word today. So we're going to go ahead and read Romans, or I'm sorry, Matthew 9, uh, 35 through 38, which includes that verse I just read. Um, and then I'm just going to preach, um, what I, I thought was going to be like a three part harmony. I thought 35 was one part and 36 was another part and 37 and 38 was another part. And together they all came together so beautifully. But, is, we're just going to do like two-part harmony, you know, so that'll be great. Is there two-part harmony or did I just say something stupid? There's two-part harmony, right? Okay, all right. Every now and then I'll do that. I'll make some musical term thinking I know what I'm talking about. And, and Carol's like, oh, honey, you're so sweet, but silly. So let's read Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The first part of this message comes in verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. The first point that stands out to me at this and that I want to emphasize is that Jesus went to where the people were. Jesus went to where the people were. He visited not only the great cities, but the poor villages. He went to the places where they worked, and he went to the synagogues where they worshipped. Jesus went to the places that the people lived. And when he went, what did he come bringing? He came with the word of God. He came proclaiming the good news. He came preaching and healing every disease and sickness every disease and sickness I want to make it clear right now that there is no disease or no sickness that is too big for God there's not our Jesus our Lord our Savior is bigger and he went through every place village town city where they worked where they worshipped 
proclaiming a good word, a good message. I want to point something out. Jesus went where they were so that it would be easy for them to come to him. He went to where they were so it would be easy for them to come to him. He didn't make it difficult. He didn't say, I'm going to be preaching and healing miracles. I'm going to be doing so at this highest peak. And if you're willing to pay the price, it's treacherous. If you're willing to climb and get there, I got something for you. That's not what he did. He went to where they were, so it's easy for them to come to him. And he still does that today. Jesus is accessible. He is accessible. Doesn't matter where we're at, he comes to us so that we can come to him. How hard is it for me, you know, my brother Brad here, how hard is it for him come to me when I, when I come right here? That's what Jesus does to us. He's accessible. If we're on the mountain high, if we're in the valley low, Jesus is there. Ready for us just to look to Him. That's a reoccurring theme in in my preaching. We look to Jesus. We look to Jesus. If it's a dark place, you're like, it's dark, it's dark, there's no light, there's no light. Ha ha, the light. We look to Jesus. So many times we find ourselves in a dark place and we're like, Lord, where are you? And He's like, well, it's not the direction you're facing. If you don't see me, uh, not the direction you're facing. Look around. Turn around. Here I am. And he's accessible. He's accessible and he always has a word for us. And he always has a touch for us. Just as he went from town to town, town to village to synagogue, preaching and healing, he has the same for us today. He has a word for us and he has a touch for us. Isn't that good to know? Isn't he good to know? Matthew 9, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The second point I want to drive home is that Jesus saw the people and their need for him. He saw the people and he he saw their need for him. They were scattered. They were harassed. They were hurting. They were helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. The ones that he describes as helpless, harassed, Got a question. Who are some of these people that are included in this description? Who are the people that Jesus includes in this description that he, that he had pity upon, that he had compassion upon and said they were scattered? They were in need of a shepherd. We find the answer in verse 35. Yeah, the people that, that were in the towns and the villages. So, the people that were lost 
But didn't, didn't he also say that he went to the synagogues? And then his very next line is, he had compassion on them. and said they're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. I point that out because so many times when we read this or we think this, we just think about the lost. You know, but even good church-going people, it's not enough to just go to church. It's not about going to church. It's about being led by the good shepherd. We need Jesus. How often do we make the mistake of not sharing Jesus once we find out people go to church somewhere? Hey, you go to church anywhere? Yeah, I go to such and such. Oh, that's awesome. Done. No need for, to share Jesus. They go to church. How, how, doesn't that sound silly, me phrasing it like that? But how many of us are guilty of doing that? Once you find out they go to church, oh, they're good. They go to church. And so we don't share Jesus. We don't share his hope. We don't share his message. We don't share salvation. We, we stop short. This, this is, this part right here, that's good stuff. So I know it's awfully quiet, but that's good. This is the kind of stuff that if we're not aiming it out loud, we better be aiming it in our hearts. We have Jesus. We're supposed to share Jesus and not just with the ones that fit our description of who's lost. We're to share Jesus with, with everyone, with every, in every place. We're to go to them, the towns, the villages, the workplace, the churches, and share Jesus. We're to be sharing Jesus with people sitting around us here in this place tonight. With a touch, with a word. That's why we have a mic here, where that someone, when they get a word from God, they can come up and they can share it, and they can minister a word. That's why if, if, the Lord, Lord puts something on your heart to go pray for someone and minister to them. There's freedom to do that. Why? Because He still has a word for us. He still has a touch for us. That's what He has every time we come together. Who is Jesus to you? If we're sharing Jesus, if we're bringing Jesus, who is Jesus to you? The, I'd say... If I took a poll, the most common answer would be Jesus is Lord and Savior. How many people would say that would, that would be my answer? He's Lord and Savior. That's who He is to me. Because He saved me from sin and death, He's my Savior. Because He gets to call the shots in my life, He's Lord. Don't call him Lord and Savior if you've just made him Savior. <laughs> Don't do it. If he doesn't get to call the shots in your life and he's not the boss, don't call him Lord. You're kidding yourself. He's not Lord. If you are still in control of your life, if you still call the shots, if I'm still calling the shots, he's not Lord of my life. He's my Savior. He's paid the price for my sins. 
But we are to make Him Lord and Savior. We want to walk in blessing. There, there's not blessing if He's not Lord of our lives. If He doesn't call the shots, we're still moping around and running into things and stumbling our way through and then sometimes being resentful with God because He, oh my gosh, Lord, I ran into that thing. Why did you let me run into that? Well, because clown, I told you to, to go this way. But you didn't listen. You, you're not letting me call the shots. And yes, I referred to some of us as clowns. Sometimes Jesus does too. That's okay. Lord and Savior. That term needs to mean something. Lord and Savior. He needs to be both. First Kings 22.17 says this. Then Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. These people have no master. Let them go home. I've got nothing for them. They're scattered. Like sheep without a shepherd. They have no master. Let them go home in peace because that's all they're going to go home with. Church, right now I'm, I'm talking to those who profess Jesus Christ. If we don't surrender, if we don't give Him everything, if we don't trust Him with everything, I, I imagine that just breaks the Lord's heart going, man, let Him just go home in peace. I'm, I'm not going to punish Him. That's not like that, but that's, that's the best they're going to get. There's such blessing when it when we place our trust in Jesus' life. And, and there is no trusting part way. You know, we've done, you know, uh, working with kids all the time and, and maybe in the corporate setting, we've done, uh, you know, team building exercises. And how many people have done the faith fall? You know, the trust fall. Sometimes you're, you know, standing on a platform and you stand here and you do this so you don't whack someone in the face. So it's very important to do this right here. And then you just, you know, you say something like, ready? And they go, ready. And you go, falling. And they go, fall on. And then you fall. You just blindly fall. And you trust that they'll catch you. And it's people, if you've seen this done, you've seen people cry. They will cry. They will stand there and terrified. I don't think they'll catch me. I don't think they'll catch me. I can't do this. You can do it. We're not going to let you fall. I can't do it. And unfortunately, that's the same way a lot of times our reaction is to God. Ah, Lord, what if you don't catch me? We have to trust Him. That means we trust his ways. That means we trust his ways. That means we, we credit his ways as wisdom, not weakness. But Lord, this outcome didn't take place the way I want it. The Lord's response, I know. Trust me. 
I'm sorry you're hurting over that, but trust my ways. Trust my wisdom. Trust that I have your best at heart. I know that that's not how you would have written it, but do you trust me? Because it's going to end in good for you. And it's going to end in good for others. Trust me. The result of a lack of godly leadership. The result of a lack of godly leadership is always defeat. Always. Why? Because godly leadership should always point us to Jesus, who is our master. Godly leadership should always point us to Jesus, whom we call master. Without godly leadership, helpless, harassed, hurting, sheep without a shepherd, scattered. It's about Jesus. But it can't just be about Jesus to to fix a quick need or hurt in our life. It's about Jesus because we go, I believe you, I, I proclaim I believe you, and I trust you. I call you master. I call you Lord. You call the shots. You're the boss. You say it, I do it. The one who gets his way, Jesus. The one we yield to, 100% of the time, Jesus. The one we trust, Jesus. Without making him master, we see from this passage, pull up that passage from 1 Kings again. Without making him our master, we are defeated. Without making him our master, we are lost. We are scattered. See, religion, it's okay to just make him an icon or a good guy or a a point of temporary comfort. That's religion. We have something so much more than religion. We have relationship. And you don't get to call the shots. You don't get your way for crying out loud. You know who gets their way? Spoiled brats get their way all the time. We don't get our... He gets his way. The one we trust. The one we yield to. You guys. It sounds so simple to say that. But yet, we struggle with, I want my way. I want my way. And I want it this way. And I want it at this time. And I want a cherry on top. One of the reasons that we're currently teaching this leadership training class that we're doing, we have our next one this Friday night, is this. In learning how to lead, if we want to be effective leaders, we have to learn how to follow and who to follow. It's about Jesus. 
In learning how to lead, we have to first learn how to follow and we have to be convinced of who we follow and that is Jesus. I was having a conversation recently with with a buddy in just kind of a <laughs> kind of a silly conversation. And I'm like, hey, when when a stranger walks by you and they say, you know, howdy or hello or something, you know, do you do the head up? Do you do the you know head up or do you do the head down? And I said, because I you know I do the head down. Someone walks by and they're like, howdy, and I'm like, howdy, you know, hello, hi. I, I do the head down. And so my buddy, you know, being a buddy, you know, is busting chops and he's like. Oh no, I do the head up. You gotta do the head up. You gotta let them know you're the boss. You know, so head up, you know, establishes, you know, superiority. So, you know, he's like, wow, it's funny that you do the head down, you know, what's up, Mark? And I'm like, what's up? You know, so, you know, just one of those funny conversations, but you know, just, you know, the, the funniness came in the whole superiority, you know, the, the, you know, like the top dog. Who's the alpha dog? You know, hi, hi, you know. Why, why are we so, uh, why are we so hesitant and afraid to do something that makes us appear to be weak? That makes us appear to be hurting or weak? Uh, I'm gonna ask, um, I'm gonna ask something of you guys. Um, and if you have a physical, Limitation that prevents you from doing this, then then don't do it. But if you're not limited physically, uh, I want everybody to to go to their knees, unless you're physically limited, in which case just sit there. Um, but just uh, take a minute and be careful. You know the chairs in front of you don't don't stand on them too strongly as your support. But if we can all kind of get to our knees. Um, not yet. Yeah, Kara. Yeah. All right. Are we willing to be obedient? Vulnerable, yielded in the things that to us that we deem as weakness. This position right here, and and yes, you know, I, I didn't ask you to do something I wasn't willing to do myself. This is a position of surrender of yielding, going, you're the one in control and I'm the one submit. How many times are we willing to say yes to the Lord even though it means we're going to feel weak as a result of it? We're going to feel like we're not the one in control. We're not the one... Either He's Lord or He's not. Either he's master or he's not. What are the limitations 
that we have placed on our service and our surrender to the Lord? What are the things we've told the Lord we just won't do? We just won't do. Yeah, you're Lord. I call you Lord, but I'm not doing that. 